0: Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. everyone and welcome to a special live edition of locked on nhl we're free and available wherever you get your podcast but right now we are live reacting to the nhl draft lottery results my name is laura saba also known as the active stick host of locked on canadians and i figure since the draft is in montreal i would host the wonderful uh hosts i'll go i guess in descending order so joining me today is russ Cohn of locked on flyers and the flyers will be picking fifth overall hey Russ, how are you
1: Good. How are you, Laura?
0: I'm good. I'm really excited to hear about some of the draft insight that you have on some of the prospects we're going to be talking about. And then we have got Erica Lindsay Iow from Locked On Seattle Kraken. Hey, Erica, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well. Hola, mi gente.
0: And Seattle is obviously picking fourth overall. And finally, Locked On Arizona Coyotes dropping a spot to the third overall. Robin Liano, the wonderful Robin from Locked On Arizona Coyotes. How are you doing today, Robin?
3: You know, I was doing okay until they dropped, but I'll, I'll, I'll survive. I'll survive.
0: And so, like, there's so much to talk about today because I want to I talk about how you feel about where your team uh, is picking and not only that, what direction they're headed in based on that and uh, sort of how this changes the plans. But I think the first thing that I kind of want to talk about is Shane Wright, um, and I think Russ, you might have a little bit more insight because he's been the name that we've been hearing all season, and Mm -hmm. he's obviously a piece that any team would have wanted, right? Like a two-way center, a lot of people are projecting that he's like a Patrice Bergeron type player, but is this a one-player draft? Is he far and away above the rest of the talent in the draft?
1: You know, you never want to say far and away because, and again, I I don't ever give out draft comparables, but as an example... Patrice Bergeron was 45th overall and like the greatest draft in the last 20 years. But now you would take him over Nathan Horton, who was drafted third, right? right. So, <laughs> but you wouldn't have said it that day. And that's that's the part. So I'm not going to say far and away, but there is definitely a distance between Wright and the rest. It's interesting because when I spoke to him about eh, about two months ago, a month and a half ago for elite prospects, um, I asked him about highlight real goals because there were a lot of – People like talking smack online about Connor Bedard and almost like, you know, not even talking about Shane Wright anymore. Like, hey, who even cares about this draft? You should only worry about 2023. And I think I think Shane Wright was kind of plugged into that. And he was like, listen, I'm not (laughs) that guy. I don't care about highlight goals. You know what I care about? I care about winning, care about making my teammates better. He's he's a captain and he's a leader. He will do things on the ice to correct players, you know, right, right there, not to correct them like talking to them to to kind of get them in spots he'll talk to them he'll also look and see try and get the open guy he will try and make his team better uh even in practice so he's a guy that is thinking about all of those things all the time that's what puts him above everybody else of course he has the offensive ability that's that's the easy part it's the mental makeup that's really hard to get and this is you know a guy who's really together
0: and i think that's really important for how he fits into the montreal canadians but the thing is if if you if your team didn't get the first overall pick it's not necessarily you know this is not a consolation prize situation because if your team no. drafts smart like intelligently and correctly and drafts according to their needs sometimes it depends i think we're all here because our teams need a lot of things right it's not none of our teams are one key player away from contending and competing so robin i'm going to turn it over to you and i'm going to ask because the arizona coyotes very very Uh, blatantly were tanking, right? And they didn't hide it. And I don't think that there's necessarily any shame in that because the the, the NHL as a whole has put the system in place in such a way that you do get rewarded for that. So I think from your perspective, there's a lot of things that the Arizona Coyotes might want to do in the coming years. Uh, What do you think that their next move is going to be?
3: Um, it, it's, it, I think it really is just taking a look at what's best going to fit their system. Um, the Andre Torany system has been um, it's been bigger. It's been physical. Um, and I think there's a lot of players that can easily fit that, you know, you know that can that can fit that mold. And uh, it's also the case where they have such a lack of talent that it's just like, <laughs> really, that next best player available just easily works. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just one moment. But first, remember rockauto.com is the only place that you should be looking for anything that you need for your car, whether it's parts or accessories, because everything on there is so reliably low priced and it's so convenient. You just pull your phone out of your pocket right now and you can do it with me as I'm talking. You can find your car's make, model, and year, no matter if it's a classic or if it's you know a, a brand new car, you will find the parts on there in their easy to use drop down catalog. When you go to rockauto.com, you can even choose your own price because they don't charge you that absorb like exorbitant markup that a chain store will and i experienced this myself like i literally found a part for a quarter of the price on rockauto.com that i got quoted from the chain store and best of all you do all of this so easy pull your front out of the pocket choose your own price it's going to come directly to your door so rockauto.com is where you need to go and do not forget to tell them that locked on sent you in their how did you hear about us box amazing selection reliably low prices All the parts your car will ever need. And speaking of amazing selections, (laughs) let's talk a little bit about, I think, I think I want to like stick with the Coyotes for just one second, because personally for me, if the Canadians weren't going to pick first overall, I would have wanted a shot at Logan Cooley, right? He's not as ready. And I, I think, I guess my question to you is, do the Arizona Coyotes have the luxury of waiting a while, like picking up somebody who's not necessarily ready and can develop longer in a lower league?
3: Yeah, you know that's one of the things I actually talked about. Um, you know, uh, on the uh, on the Locked On Coyotes live stream, is like any one of these picks they can get, they're not going to play on the Coyotes right away. That's just a given fact. The the and they can afford that luxury because they're just going to you know do what they did this last year, they do the <laughs> same damn thing, and hope for Connor Bedard. That's another whole, but that's another thing. But the um, the good thing is, this is a team that's going to be rebuilding for the years to come. They have Dylan Gunther already in the pipeline, and then wh- whoever they pick in the upcoming draft, it's yeah, they'll like give them a year, you know, outside of the team, ca- have them come, and things will st- slowly start building back together.
0: I think that's a really, really good way uh, to look at it, especially if you're if you're a Coyotes fan, you're kind of like, I don't know what next year is going to look like. I think it, it's there's going to be a reward at the end of it, no no matter what. And so I'm going to turn it over now to Erica Lindsay Ayala of Locked On Seattle Kraken. So. I feel like this season, it would have been such a beautiful story for the Kraken to pick first overall because I feel like they right now are a team that has a lot of goodwill. their their fans are really passionate, and you would like to reward them with a superstar. That's that's the kind of like the, the narrative that's in my head. and I don't know if I'm if I'm off base or not. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the Kraken picking fourth overall?
2: I mean, well, first of all, I'll say who doesn't want the 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 number one pick. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll go with that fantasy. Let's let's do it. Uh, but that's not how the cookie crumbled. Um, we did have some time with Ron Francis this evening and. Very similarly to what he said ahead of the 2021 draft where we got Matty Baneers at number two, it's like we're going to take the best that's available at, well, this year, the number four pick. So keeping the, the, the cards pretty close to the chest, that being said, it was a trying season for the Seattle Kraken. Um, I think the external noise, a lot of people had some, um, raised eyebrows given the expansion draft and how things went down, but the Seattle Kraken have picked up A lot of draft picks over the next three drafts and I think it they're really going to um, be looking at the market and seeing what they can do sometimes you hear this phrase like a hybrid rebuild well we're not in that situation since we're brand new but I think it will be akin to a hybrid rebuild what can you keep and what do you want to gut out including some of the assets which is cap space and draft picks so I think there's um, a lot that the Seattle cracking can do, even if at that four spot they don't pick um, or don't see a player that is going to make the type of immediate impact that we saw in Matty Beniers, who scored nine points in his first 10 games in the NHL.
0: And I want to ask a little bit about those raised eyebrows because you've done such a fantastic job of covering this team and interviewing players, and and I, like it's been such a great a joy to watch and and listen to your podcast. I think one of the things that people were kind of thinking at the time with the raised eyebrows is like, what are, what is their philosophy? And it just it took a while for it to occur to me that. Because of the expansion rules, they were kind of just forced to take players from other teams. And that's not necessarily conducive to making your own mark and building your own team through the draft. And so I guess my thought, my, my question is, based on your knowledge of Ron Francis, having covered him this long, uh, do you feel like that's kind of what they're doing is just kind of trying to build their own team, like within the rules and sort of the hand they were dealt
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you hear Ron Francis talk a lot. First, he says that you don't you might not want to be the first general manager. (laughs) You know, maybe have a better shot at being the second. But another thing that he's been very clear with is that the rules have changed and the draft, the expansion draft um, coming off of Las Vegas. And then into Seattle, that's a very short turnaround. And so general managers were kind of hip to what Vegas was doing. And so that might have made it difficult for the expansion draft. But I feel like the the vibe is no excuses. Uh, yes, do what you can. I think the trade deadline Was still kind of plugging and playing what you could. But that being said, I mean, Victor Rosk, you look at, um, you know, Daniel Sprung. I mean, these are players that made an immediate impact when coming to the Seattle Kraken. Are they going to be long standing figures? That is yet to be seen. Rosk, in particular, is an unrestricted free agent. So there's definitely some slicing and dicing that's still going to happen. We probably won't know fully what the roster looks like for the Seattle Kraken for another year and a half, if I had to really guess, as far as like your staple players. I think Maddie Benier's, Ron Francis wants him to be one of those players. But as far as everyone else, I think it's really just figuring everything out. I think the Seattle Kraken are going to be much more aggressive and have a, a much shorter leash, quote unquote, so to speak, um, they're not going to tolerate some of the things that they kind of had to go through in that first season, but it's all about character. It's all about building culture and the Seattle Kraken had nothing um, <laughs> to really do, but do that. And that is something that although it's hard to cover a losing team, as we all can attest to. It definitely makes it easier when you have guys that are willing to own up to the mistakes that they're making collectively, individually, and see the see through see the course through. And that has definitely been the Seattle Kraken.
0: I think it's like they they've just been exciting to watch, and it's been really fun that for the first season at least, there hasn't really been anything that would really turn off the you know the, the those the rest of us that are kind of rooting for the the team to make it to make an impact in the league. I'm just gonna. Russ with the Philadelphia Flyers, Erica Menchel, mm-hmm. culture. There, there's something with the Flyers right now is that they shouldn't be as bad as they are. And it's been a couple of years that I've been feeling that way. I feel like the, the Flyers should have turned out better than they did. But now they have a shot at fifth overall. They have not moved up. Um, what are your thoughts as to what they'll do? And do you think it's 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 going to start off a turnaround, I guess?
1: Well, I mean... A draft, it's hard for a draft to start a turnaround because most of the time it's taken three to five years to get players, right? If you happen to get lucky and you get one within a couple of years, it always is the hope for a turnaround. Um, The problem is, like with the other teams, the Flyers have no cap space. If they had cap space, they could do a lot more. Um, So that's the problem. They're locked into some contracts. They have some really good players. They have some really good prospects. They have not a lot in between. So they have a few more that may have developed this year that might be able to help next year, which is maybe like two more than they had this year. But still, it's not enough. Now, because Comcast owns them, they're probably going to try and still make a free agent um, selection and try and market that. And I think that's a bad idea, but I think they're going to do it. You know about that, uh, being in the Montreal market, they would do that for years. (laughs) And I think they're, they're going to do that. And so with this draft, look, The math was there. We had been saying on our show for a month it was going to be the fifth pick. I hated math in school, but math never lies. Like, it just just doesn't. It's
0: true. (laughs) Well, it did lie when it came to the New Jersey Devils who moved up into the second overall spot, which was kind of cruel because not only did Arizona drop out of the second spot, like, New Jersey was able to to get that. So I think – Personally, for me, the New Jersey Devils have been a team that for the last couple of years, I have been saying they've done some great things in the offseason. They should be better this year. They've done some great things in the offseason. They should be better this year. They've done some great things in the offseason. They should be better this year. And all three years, that has not come true. Uh, But they do have a big opportunity here. And so I guess... I, I, let's talk about who's kind of going to be available in that, in that two to five spot and sort of uh, I'm, I'm actually going to ask you Russ, because you have mm-hmm. the expertise on that um, in terms of like, what are your kind of, what are your thoughts as to who's going to be in those spots? Like one to five. I mean, we know Shane, right. We know Logan Cooley. There's a couple yeah. of really interesting names. Like God.
1: right now in that second spot, I really think you're looking at Cooley Slikovsky and Kemmel. I think that's the conventional wisdom that's going out there. It's not necessarily everything I believe, um, I believe Cooley for two like me personally, I, it would be Logan Cooley and I would never think again, but there's always going to be a lot of discussion. You never know <clears throat> last minute if, you know, they look at some other players and and there's another voice in the room that changes it like Sikovsky could go second. Now, there is a recency bias with him because everybody loved the Olympics, but a lot of people didn't even know him beforehand. Like we spoke about him on Locked on Flyers because I was plugged into him very early. Right. But. You know, a lot of people just probably got plugged into him mainly at the Olympics. So, and not teams. Teams know about him. Don't worry. They, they know way before me. Um, but the idea is Slikovsky has size and he does have a great scoring ability. Now, you should never base your draft just on size. Uh, I think Cole Caulfield is a perfect example of that, or the Flyers probably would have him. Because um, they passed on him. But it is going to be a factor. It is because in the third spot, to me, Matt Savoy is the next most talented guy in this draft. But he's five foot ten, and that's where I think where Robin was talking about. Hey, Arizona's philosophy. It's interesting because teams that have philosophy, like one time the Rangers said, "Hey, we're going to draft for toughness," and I killed him for it because I'm like, "What? You, how do you know you're going to need toughness in five years?" You don't even know what the league might be like in five years. So even though that strategy for Arizona may be that now, let's say they go for size and let's just say for whatever reason, they go Connor geeky. Let's say it takes them three years to get there. We don't know what they're going to be like in three years. The The NHL may be a smaller, faster league in three years. Things happen all the time in the draft when you pick players and things can change overnight. So me, I want the best player. I do. I want the most talented, and, I, and to me, that's that's Matthew Savoy. But I could see Savoy drop in a couple spots because there's always going to be a size bias in the NHL.
0: I think that's so true. And, and another factor is like we've seen it with the Montreal Canadiens, right? The previous front office was drafting for a philosophy, right? Like they wanted yes. to size. And not only that, their free agency signings would always fit a p- particular hole. Like it was always to plug a hole. And now there's a whole new front office that has to deal with that when they're trying to change and make the team more fast and more skilled and so right, like the
1: canadian's worst pick for size was michael mccarran like i could have told you that day <laughs> that was not a good pick it doesn't mean he wasn't going to be a good player it just means why did you pick him when you had all these other players to choose from
0: that hat yeah right the more talented player was available and they didn't yes. pick it and so in a in a moment we're going to talk a little bit more about the future of all of our teams and that's coming up next but first built bar if you, you know, it's the weather's been great. If you've been going out, you've been starting to hike. I've been doing a lot of running lately. Uh, Built Bar, it's a protein bar. I get my energy from it. Sometimes I actually even use it as an on-the-go breakfast uh, because they are chock full of protein, and they are so low in sugar, and they are all delicious. They literally are a protein bar that tastes like a treat. They're not like those grainy, sandy texture ta- uh, bars. They're, they're, they don't taste that way weird whey protein taste that you're used to. They literally taste like treats. They've got 18 delicious flavors in the regular rotation, and like I said, they're all low in sugar and high in protein. But Every once in a while, they also have a special edition flavor, and those are so yummy. Like today, it was white chocolate birthday cake. So check out Bilt.com to find out what's on there, and you can use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's Bilt.com, and our promo code is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right. So I think philosophy is like a really interesting thing that we're talking about when we're talking about size uh, and, and, and all of that, because I feel like all of these teams right now have a lot of holes in their lineup. They've got a lot of, they've got a lot of um, needs. They've got a lot, they've got a lot of areas to improve on. Uh, but I think that for me, the, the, the most interesting story would be the Arizona Coyotes, because like you said, Robin, they have a philosophy. But there are so many good players that they could pick up that don't fit that, right?
3: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why, like, um, their philosophy, I mean, what their decision should be should be next best available. Uh, Because this is the third time the Coyotes have picked third overall in, mm-hmm. in their history the second time and I'll, I'll remember I'll, I'll remind some people they picked size over talent in the case the put um, example that Russ was telling us and picking Don Strom over Mitch Marner and look right. what that did for them like it right. did
1: not work out <laughs> although I will tell you I applauded the Coyotes when they took Clayton Keller because at that point there were a lot of teams that were just worried about his size not realizing how talented this guy is
3: yeah, Clayton Keller has been has, has been huge. So like that was also that was like that was one of the good picks. But you know yes. like, uh, but the whole Dylan strom one, I'm like, a lot, yeah, a lot I of get them it. There was still bitter on it. A lot of them were still so bitter on it that they that when it was announced, it was on at three. They're like, oh, we're gonna have another Dylan Strom problem again and again. You know what again. it
1: was? Mitch Marner was 155 pounds at the draft. He was literally that skinny, and everybody was like, yeah, we get it. He's fast. He's but like, how could he handle the pounding? And it's like. Well, you have to catch the guy like and especially now with the way the rules are, you know, that does benefit smaller players more than it ever has before.
0: They can literally skate circles around the defenseman. And so let me ask you. All right. I want to find out if there's any players that you particularly have your eye on and why. And Erica, let's go with you. Was there anyone that kind of like jumped out at you from this draft that you might have wanted?
2: Well, I mean, I think. Honestly, I want to see where the Seattle Kraken are going to make their moves. This is such a new roster, and there have been so many iterations already that it's kind of hard to say. I... Do I hear the philosophy? Like pick the best that's available. And that is obviously Ron Francis has been saying. Like I mentioned, that's what he did with Maddie Beniers. That's what he said earlier today. I disagree, though. I do think I don't know. I'm I'm a lady that believes that size matters. Okay, because listen, when you see the Seattle Kraken out here in these ice hockey streets, not being able to sustain contact, just shoulder to shoulder getting pushed off of pucks, I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it anymore. The Seattle Kraken had no net front presence early in the season because we didn't have size. So, yes, size does matter. So, with that being said, I'm obviously going to see if there's any skill. But size just for size sake, though, that's not what we want either. There is obviously a lot of skill, I would argue, defensively. Just a defensive-minded player. Not necessarily a defenseman, but a defensive-minded player. Someone that's going to play in all three zones is absolutely what we're looking for. I will also mention just because of the geeky connection, you can't out pizza the hut. We heard that a bunch of times throughout the season. Obviously there's a geeky brother on the board. We'll see what happens there. But again, don't, you're not going to pick at the number four spot just, you know, for a good feel good story. So um again, I think there's just a few more pieces that have to fall into place for the Seattle Kraken before I'm comfortable saying who I pick, but again, Some of the names that we've mentioned are uh, obviously this is a a top-heavy draft as far as players that are ready to play. And I think that's what makes it difficult once you start going for and beyond because you have to figure out are you looking for someone right now or are you looking for someone that you can develop? But then what does that look like over time? Are they going to college? Are they playing in another league somewhere? What is your team going to look like? So it's definitely difficult. I do not envy Ron Francis, but I would like to see – Good speed and good size. That that's the package that I would say the Seattle Kraken need in a
0: prospect. So Russ, if you're Ron Francis right now, you're not the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, who are you picking at that fourth overall See, spot what, right now today?
1: <laughs> right now today, based on what Erica said, and she made some real good points. I would probably go with Juracek because Juracek has size. He's got tremendous offensive ability. He's got a one timer we could score on either side of the ice. Technically, Seattle does not have. A number one defenseman or a great top pairing defenseman, he would fill the need. And he just may not be the net front guy, but you know, defenseman will sneak in there and he could, uh, and he's a big kid. He's 6'4. That's a good pick there. I like him over Simone act honestly. So I think that may be the guy for Seattle. I mean, it, it, it would fill a need and it would also fill a few other things, too.
0: You mentioned Matthew Savoy as probably a player that would be available around if, if the Philadelphia Flyers we're picking
1: maybe maybe maybe.
0: right um so I know you've spoken to him and you've also Mm -hmm. spoken to Shane Wright and you've spoken to Logan Cooley Mm -hmm. so I wonder if you had any thoughts in terms of how they see their own game or or you know uh what what how they view this whole thing to be honest like if you're a top prospect there's a lot right yeah
1: so Cooley was probably the most insightful uh about this because I saw him in September at the uh the fall classic the USHL has a tournament every year. Every team goes there. It's amazing for watching players, scouting interviews and all that. So I'm there every year. And he was there. And, uh, you know, of course, tons of scouts were there. And I want to say I interviewed him a couple of months after that. And he was like, you know what? I was really mindful of the scouts there. I had family there because he's from Pittsburgh. It was in Pittsburgh. He goes, I didn't play my best game. He goes, and that's not going to happen again. But, you know, at that age to be that Plugged into yourself and being self-critical, that's something that does make you a lot better athlete down the line. Then, of course, add great hands. The fact that he's really one of only three probably natural centers in this draft that, you know, could definitely play center in the NHL. That's a big deal. Great skater, as we saw. I mean, yeah, he's not going to play for a couple years. Uh, I'd say after two years, he he'll probably leave college and then see where he's at. I, I could expect that. Now, if he's gangbusters after one year, hey, maybe maybe that's good. Either way, you're good with him. Savoy is interesting because he's another one who's super smart. He can play center. He's really good at the position, but he also knows, hey, I'm five foot ten. I may not they may not want me there. So even in the playoffs this year, after playing a lot of center, he's been playing on the wing. So very good to have that versatility. Teams love that. Also it's good for faceoffs because you you know as we've seen in the NHL just directional faceoffs now are a big thing. The centers are not always taking them all. So that's that's a big deal. That's a that's a plus. Speed is great. Uh, another one who is just a tireless worker, but he he has like top line ability. Even if he's a second liner, he'll be like a great second liner because he's got playmaking, he's got the vision, he's got all of those things. He just doesn't have size. And that could count against them. And I, I worry about that because I feel like when Montreal took Caulfield, the league was getting away, with, getting away from that. But then I feel like after the Blues won, the league slipped right back and wanted to get size again. And it is good to have size, but if you only if they have comparable abilities. Like Erica said, if I'm just taking the guy with size, but I think the other guy below him is a better offensive player, then I'm not doing it. If they're equal take the size.
0: I think, yeah, that's, that's definitely something. And and we're talking a little bit about the changes in the league. And so I'm curious because you've been, you've been doing this uh, quite a long time. You've been very plugged in. I am old, <laughs> yeah. not, I was going to say you're very experienced and knowledgeable. I know. Us. I appreciate <laughs> it. But, uh, and, and we do look to you. I mean, you know, I know a lot of the, the other lockdown podcasts look to you for your insight and your expertise. When you, I was hearing you talking about Logan Cooley and his own, his, his own talk about his own play. I feel like the last few years, I've been seeing a huge change in the way the prospects carry themselves, and they seem to be a lot more self-aware and a lot more in tune to like hockey IQ and things like that. So I'm, I'm thinking, you can't really teach hockey IQ, can you?
1: You can't. You can to some degree. You can.
0: Uh, and so I wanted to just kind of. Wrap this up by kind of talking about who we're the most happy for, other than me, um, and and who we are the – I feel the most sorry for. Like, who didn't move up or, you know, there weren't a lot of moving down. Like, who – which team do you think should be or is the most dejected right now?
1: Detroit. Like, they've gotten screwed every draft. <laughs> They're making good picks. But, my God, with the bad record that they've had all these years, Iserman can't catch a break. He can't. So I feel like they've gotten screwed. I feel like Columbus has come out here on top, right? Because they trade Jones, they get what 6 and 12. Buffalo trades Eichel and they get 9 and 16. Not bad, but not 6 and 12. Like that's so I feel like Columbus did really really well. This is good for the Devils. It is because I feel like if the Devils get solid goaltending, they're a playoff team next year. And if they were to get Cooley, they have a 1 2 3 center combo then. That, you know, with Hughes, Heischer, and Cooley at some point, that's what you want on a championship team. So, I mean, after that, there's no blaming uh, goaltending anymore. They got to win. So, I think I'm happy for them. Trying to think who else in that list I was happy for. Um, eh, I'll I'll still say the Flyers at five was was good, though. I I think that's not a bad spot to be. Uh, I also felt like... (laughs) Uh, it was funny when england uh got the 16th pick for for the knights they muted him and he was saying something and Mm -hmm. i feel like he i feel like he was saying oh look we got the lowest possible one anyhow so i'm glad we got eichel (laughs) didn't you feel like that's what he was saying (laughs) hey we got 16 who
0: cares (laughs) and that was the thing is that most people like i was in in a live show at that at that point and most people were happy that they picked 16th and they didn't move up at all, and it was right. just—it was so funny. It, it, the way things change. Everyone was rooting for them, and then now they're the big villain. I hope that doesn't happen to Seattle, but um, at the same time, I think that Columbus, for me, is the the big winner, very much like you said, because I think a lot of people thought that Seth Jones was a lot better than he is. Um, and yeah. I'll be really honest it's it it like it became glaringly obvious with him in Chicago, right? Oh, a like,
1: bad year, bad year, yeah. For
0: him and 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 it was rough so like they really made out like bandits um so robin i'm going to turn it over to you because i know um, how do you feel right now
3: um yeah again it's you know that you know being at being at being at, at 3 does suck right it does cuz you know that that history and we we, we like you, you like you and i were on we, were on, we were on a tank episode back in january we were talking about the Shane the tank Wright. battle the yeah. tank battle and and yeah. oh it to be at this point to be talking you know talking about you know not even top 2 anymore being number 3 it's just like yeah i'm not completely dejected because the two because as we were kind of been understanding the 2 through 5 you can really you know you know it's like plug and plug and play of any of these players and you really won't be wrong
0: yeah, and I think that's something that's really important in that a lot of drafts, like there's like a one player and then like the rest of them are, are are a little bit behind. And then, you know, it takes years for people to know. But I feel like anytime you're picking in that top seven spot, cases could be made for very many players. Mm-hmm. And there like, there's a lot of talent there. It's just that the talent isn't going to change your team immediately. And like, I I just, I find that a lot of times, but also the advantage here is that the Coyotes can purposely tank again. (laughs) Um, And there's a much better prize at the end of that one uh, for, for, for Arizona. Uh, Erica, do you have any final thoughts?
2: Yeah. I mean, in the words of Snoop Dogg, and last but not least, I want to thank me. I want to think <laughs> like I'm not. I'm not gonna spend my last minutes talking about other teams. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Listen, I've got 12 picks this draft, and cumulatively 34 in the next three. I want to thank me. I want to thank Rod Francis. <laughs> I want to thank, thank the NHL. No, maybe I won't go that far. But the point is, <laughs> that the Seattle Kraken are going to be focused on the Seattle Kraken. All this noise on the outside is going to stay there. Uh, because the Seattle Kraken, I get the sense that it's a three-year uh it, process to really get where they want to be so this next season is going to be so important for the seattle kraken we're going to break a sweat in free agency and in the off season we're going to make some moves and it's going to be just no days off come uh the off season come training camp and preseason and i for one am looking forward to it so i just want to thank I want to thank me. <laughs>
1: yeah, love it.
0: Love it. I love it. And obviously, like, we were going to be on, you know, Locked On Canadians or, or all the Locked On shows or daily shows on the on your NHL team. And there's going to be a lot of coverage leading up to the draft and free agency and even in the actual offseason. So process is a big word in Philadelphia. Right? So do you have yep. any final thoughts on what, On anything, really. Like, it's been a dismal year in Philadelphia, but now we have got a shot at it. What I would say from
1: Philly's perspective is look at everything, but in the end, have one voice. Don't have four or five voices in the room and have chaos until you get up to the table, you know, get to making a decision. Have that discussion. um, Maybe have it even before you're at the draft so it's not chaotic at the draft. But have one voice. I think that's an important thing because – You've got to get this pick right.
0: Absolutely, and and that's something that you know it's gonna. People are gonna be talking about for the next fifteen years if they don't, and that's that's Correct. true of all of our teams. Uh, and I want to thank all of you for your time and for joining me, and wish you all luck in the uh, NHL draft. And but you say uh, that now
1: because your your luck is secure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I really, I was, I was actually really nervous about hosting the show because I was like. I'm so tuned in to Shane Wright and Logan Cooley that if the Canadians pick third overall, I didn't know what my opinion was going to be. <laughs> uh, but I'm very excited. I hope some of you are coming down for the or coming up for the draft. as will be were. there. Um, and I would be really excited to meet you and hang out. Uh, thank you so much. So I'm just going to do a final roundout. Where do you, where can you find you, your co-host, and your podcast, Robin?
3: Yeah, so you can fi- um, you can find us um, at uh, first of all anywhere we can get your podcast on Twitter. We're at L O underscore Coyotes. Myself, I'm personally at Robin underscore Leano. I have you know my my wonderful co-host Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pavlock FFH. You know he and I are going to be doing a lot this off season with drafts because we got three picks in this up in the first round.
2: Erica. Yes, you can find the show at Locked On Kraken, all one word, no underscores or anything like that. Locked on Kraken. And as far as me, you can find me at E Lindsay08. That's E L I N D 8 And Russ?
1: Yep, you can find us find us at Locked On Flyers. Um, just as it sounds on on Twitter, me at sportsology, Rachel at um, R Miriam.
0: And you'll find our show Locked On Canadians at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Locked On Canadians wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I myself, I'm at The Active Stick. Uh, and my co-host is at Scott Matla. And you can find the Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. We cover everything, every day, um, all the NHL news that you need. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time.